All right, Rachel. PG-13. PG-13. Rachel, you've said that every time. It's PG. Come what? on. Uh, We're rolling. Okay. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Moody and D Gone Rogue. Here we discuss gameplay strategies, reasoning with the Moody and D cast. This week we are discussing episodes 12 and 13 with the cast. And right now I'm going to have everyone roll initiative so we can introduce ourselves in that order and have a set order for questions. So go for it. Who needs dice? I have dice. Um, of I, have, I do. I have online dice. Oh, shiny Ooh, dice. Uh, okay. Here, do you want a real dice? Nah. Okay. I'll, you just re-roll I'll your initiative. It fell you, off the table. You don't have advantage on initiative. <laughs> it fell off the table. Oh, right now. 16. I am the DM, though. And also, initiative. also, reason with the cast, that's a little much said. <laughs> <laughs> Whether we have reasons or not is entirely up to question. Okay, so... I. Uh, I have a two. What? Who else? What's well, that one here's, here's how we do it on the show. Uh, 25 to 20. What? 16. 25 oh, 20. to 20. <laughs> <How would> you... <laughs> no, 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 no. Excuse me, excuse start. me. Which of us has a modifier to go over 20, We're my not sir? Doing I definitely have a plus five modifier. Not mods. I definitely have a plus five Let it not be said that Moody Bible Institute is a math school. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. uh, Excuse me, sir. 20 to 15. 18. 18. 16. Oh. Oh, dear. Okay. No, shared initiative. No, no, no. They got a rollies. 10. 13. Darn it. Okay, Ah. so it's Prof. Matt, Kent, then you and I got a rollies, and then Rachel, you're going last. I got two. Oh, I got it. You, oh, you rolled. Okay. Yep. 19. <gasps> 18. Oh my oh. gosh. Okay, so we got Prop Matt, Kent, me, Christian, and, and then Rachel. Her. At the end. With the two. All right. Also, Kent is with us. Woo! Yes! yes. yes. We finally have Kent in here. It's been so long since we've been, since we've he's been part out. of the cast, and we finally get him here. True. Uh, All right. Let's go. Can't wait to discuss these. <laughs> Cool, cool. So I'm going first. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Na- name the episode your questions from, just so that we have a reference. Perfect. This is oh, from sorry. episode 12. Also, hi everyone. It's Prof Mac. I play Audra. Most people should know this. Um. Oh, so many questions for you, Kent. Oh no. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna kind of blend it into one. Um. What was it like coming into an established show as a new character? With a messy party slash, how did you feel knowing you were probably gonna have to create a new character five minutes into the new show? <laughs> um, coming into the new show, I don't know, cause I knew you and I knew Reese, so it was like, was it really people? You were not a part of the show when I came in. Do not look at me like that, Rachel. He's right. I didn't um, know you. I, Christian was the only one I didn't know, and I like so I was ready to do it because I knew two of you. I was also like. What is this? What is going to happen? Because it ended on such a weird note, and obviously Klaus wasn't there, so I was like, oh, that takes out half the problem. That lasted a while. (laughs) Um, So that was fun, and then five minutes in, I, oh gosh, I just remember being like, cool, that was a lot of hit points, and I'm a Sorcerer Warlock build who looks strong but has no hit points. That is honestly the funniest thing about Bran. It was He looks like he's supposed to be the tank. He yeah. walks around oh, with yeah. a warhammer. Is not the tank at all. Has less strength no. than the four foot lizard. <laughs> Literally. 
Honestly, the party uh, strength dynamics are the funniest thing. It's it's so and you're a funny. blacksmith, and too. I'm a, well, blacksmiths can be commoners, and all they need is a strength of ten. So that's true. Typically, that's not saying give much. a blacksmith commoner a strength of at least twelve. Yes, I know. Shush. <laughs> I use the power of wild magic. There it is. And you created a sentient hammer that wants chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tor is my favorite. Tor, Tor is great. Tor is something else. He I, I really, I really want Tor and Klaus to be friends. Tor is <laughs> of the NPCs that exist, like the top like three in this show, in my opinion, are probably like my favorites are Tor, easily top of the list. Um, uh, Vitoka is mm-hmm. number two. Um, and then I think uh, Rashik is my third one. But Tor is always top of my list. <laughs> he is just the embodiment of chaos, and I love him so much. Okay, mm. funny side note. I definitely have a question of Reese. How much do you love playing Tor? Because just re-listening <laughs> is like the pure joy that comes out of me. It is my favorite thing in the world. Yep. When he told me he wanted a he wanted to be a Hexblade warlock and then also wanted to be a wild magic sorcerer, I was like, I know exactly how this will work. And he and then he said he wanted to be a wild magic sorcerer who was a lawful neutral character, and I was like, you need some chaotic neutral in your life to balance that out. And so thus was born Tor. And so I, it's it's one of the few you don't see this enough, I think. Is Hexblade Warlocks that actually have sentient weapons. I know, right? It's That's fun. It's like their it's, whole gimmick. It's the whole gimmick of the of the Hexblade, and they never have it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is this is I, I actually feel comfortable giving you a wild magic Hand hexblade armor. because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, especially with the last uh, episodes that we recorded. Oh my word! Oh my god! Oh, guys, episode, when they episode, come out, so those are e- those are episodes twenty eight and twenty nine, mm-hmm. and those will be coming out in October. <laughs> yep. First first one airs oct like reach hits hits the internet. So October. wait, will this air before the yes. first? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, it interesting. Will. Guys, it when will. that episode comes out, it was absolutely hilarious. In my opinion, <laughs> the two else. best episodes we've recorded Honestly. so far. I agree. Uh, anyway, I have, all right. I, that was my question. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, for Christian, what was the inspiration for Kizak? Like, you had a good backstory yes. for Klaus, yes. but where the heck did Kizak come <laughs> from? Oh, Honestly, um, beautiful. So. Or I love Kizak. Kizak is probably uh, Kizak and Klaus are very close, like my favorites in, yeah. in this in this entire show. Um, so that summer, in between arc one and arc two, the entire summer I was pondering the question: Do I want Klaus to come back? You mean winter? Winter. It was winter. Sorry, yes, winter. Summer was in between two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like a week before we were supposed to be recording. I finally decided that I was going to have Klaus come back. And so I talked to Reese and Reese said, okay, but then for the, uh, for the one, for the one shot that we were going to be doing with Kent, you need a character. And I don't know why I was looking at different classes and I was like, hmm, I've never played an artificer. I really want to do an artificer. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, exactly. I thought to myself, what if I just play a really nerdy artificer that can't talk because I didn't want to do another Klaus who's super charismatic. I wanted to do the opposite. Someone who is not charismatic <laughs> at all. 
So I so I rolled all his stats, got him seven in charisma, and I went from there. Oh, and man. honestly, I love Kizak because Kizak made me fall in love with the Artificer. Mm. The Artificer is my absolutely favorite class. There is, there's, I think, the longer you play D&D, you usually have a character that helps you fall in love with a class. Mm -hmm. And... It's honestly one of the most, it's the most bizarre and unique experience to be like, I hated this class before, I played this character, and now it's my favorite class. Because, mm -hmm. like, I was the way, I was that with, with Wizard. Like, Wizards are great, but I had originally thought, eh, they're okay. Um, and then I played one, and I never want to play anything else again. <laughs> my, my party that I DM for, whenever we have a one-shot, they always make fun of me, because any NPC they encounter, any character I play, will usually, will usually be an artificer, and I always make them busted. Not because I'm trying to. It's just, easy with artificers. It's, it's very easy with them. Because they, they have so many abilities, so many things. <coughs> it's yeah. not difficult to, like, at level 11, have them deal an average of 40, yeah. 50 damage a turn. Yeah. And people talk down to them, but honestly, they're one of the best, like, they're, they're great at buffing. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you want a class that's survivable? Like, there are three classes that I think are the best for survivability. Come on, Rachel. Come on. We have a phone's off roll. Come exactly. on. Exactly. They never, never go off when we're recording. Never once. Said the one who usually has his phone ringing. Oh my Do you usually cut all that out? The I know. I can't. Yeah, There's no, the possible. one where it doesn't, where he wasn't able to cut okay. it out. <laughs> yeah, that was Christian. Cut out that one. It's always but, Christian. Um, but yeah, the Artificer is actually a wonderful class for, I think, buffing. Like, you, the survivability. So, like, it's Artificer, Monk, and Paladin, in my opinion, are the three best for buffing. Because the Paladins get to add their charisma to every single save. Amazing. Monks get proficiency in every single save once they reach level 14. And the Artificers are just survivable in general. But then once they reach, I think it's level... It's crazy high up there. I think it's, like, their capstone ability, but they get a plus to all of their saves equal to the number of items they're attuned to. Which at that point is usually five. It's either it's either five or six. It's five. I and mean, so it's six, yeah. It is six. Wow. And so it's like you get a plus six to And they can't go unconscious because so. all they have to do at level 20 is, is just end one of their end attunement. And when they fall unconscious, they don't fall unconscious. Yep. The artificers are amazing. And they only have like four subclasses, which is the greatest thing of all. They're super customizable. And then you have like clerics where pretty much every other cleric feels the same and they have like yeah. 15 million subclasses yeah. so yeah that's my that's my answer <laughs> kizak was my nerdy dream of gotcha. playing a really uncharismatic character and kind of, and also just a red herring yeah yeah Absolutely. And what a red herring he was. Oh, okay. Alrighty, mm. Christian. I thought Your I was turn. next. Reese. Oh, sorry, Reese. How dare you steal my turn from me? <laughs> I was just gonna switch you two. Um, okay. This I just I grabbed a quote from the episode because oh, no. I thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> this is Sudak um, saying, "We don't just kill people. Maybe." <laughs> Andra, this was sent to you. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> those, those, these 
these episodes we've just listened to, Adra was so bloodthirsty. Oh my was word. No! Yes. yes. She yes. was defensive. <laughs> I wasn't even there when was... I was listening to it. And I was like, oh, dear her lord. Her initial instinct with Bran was just murder. And then Klaus comes back. And I don't, I didn't count, but I think you say that you want to kill him like you five or six times. I mean, that's yeah, what Hammer I mean, said, so. I mean. The, the, this, but this, this was regarding Bran. Yes. The, just, we don't just mm. kill people, maybe. <laughs> where, where it was, I just remember in the moment thinking, how, how is Audra this bloodthirsty? This person randomly showed up, is very clearly not attacking, and. He's a Hammer. <laughs> You you attacked he he seemed to be attacking initially and then he di- and I was very clear when I said he is not moving to attack several times insinuating that you were safe and not one of those times did you stop attacking him what the heck was going on yeah so here's the deal <laughs> um Audra has very extreme trust issues uh-huh. You have to look at. You have to look Wait, at the past. Really? I know, right? What? And Shocking. she was only like a year into her anger management class. Exactly. Only a year. Only a year. And it felt like uh, this is this is kind of how I interpreted it as Audra in the moment. It's all stemming from Klaus. And right. So at this point, you leadership had. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Leadership had, like, allowed Klaus to come in and said that he was safe, he was good, whatever. And then in Audra's mind, she was like, he destroyed everything. So, stealing from Klaus's book, Bran hadn't done anything to necessarily prove to Audra that he was trustworthy. Because the yeah. minute they subdued him, all of a sudden his little animal bites <laughs> through the binds and he tries to do something magical. They don't know who this guy, he comes through Magical Porter Portal with a hammer Nah, she wasn't gonna risk it at all. Period. The end. <laughs> I do think I do think the one difference is the the leadership never fully trusted Klaus. I guess, but in her mind, they did. She, but again, that's again, a, that's we've, up to talked, mind, we've talked though. about yeah, we've yeah. talked about how she clearly doesn't know her own anger, and so she just deflects oh, yeah. and blames everyone. Yeah, no, so completely. it was you know, yeah. So it. <laughs> Also, definitely didn't mean for it to go that far. Literally, all hilarious. I was trying to do you was... You knocked him unconscious all... twice. Well, I, no, don't twice. Kizak do it. Both Kizak times. Kizak did it both times. Kizak did it both times. But here's the thing. It wasn't Kizak. It was shiny. Okay, shiny. But here's the deal. All I was trying to do was cast friends. But before I could get that word out, Kizak was like, oh, shiny does X, Y, and Z. And then it would knock Bran out. And so she was like, well... Cool. Like <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure you threw a dagger at him yeah. first. You hit you hit me with a dagger first. You, yes. you did sneak attack Because you ran through a portal about to attack. <laughs> I feel like this is a natural response. I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah, no, every every time someone walks through the door of my house, I throw knives at them. <laughs> Next time I say, over I'm I am so sorry for your around. wife, Christian. <laughs> <I know. laughs> If somebody uh, she's gotten comes good through, at dodging. Okay. If somebody comes through running and screaming like they're gonna attack, I'm just saying. The last magic you user conscious that... and tied him up though, and when he did come to consciousness, he wasn't actively doing anything. I know. I will There's say my, no... my use of trying to cast armor of Agathy. That was, was yeah. That was dumb. 
But, or was it false life? It was one of the two. It I was trying to get some You were points. doing something magical after having just gotten your binds broken. Yeah. And then you knocked him unconscious again. And then it, you started with Armor of Agathis and then you moved to false life. It yep. was the best. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot. All I have to say is in Audra's mind, it was completely logical and everyone else was being illogical in that moment. <laughs> Isn't that everything that Audra said? <laughs> <Literally. laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. Shiny was totally on your side. I think your response is logical. If it weren't for the fact that there was an adult in the room being like, can we slow down a little there bit? There were two adults in the room. One of them was tied up and unconscious. That's Wait, what, isn't she considered an adult? <laughs> no, she's 15. Lizards both reach adulthood at 15, well, according they, to the... They, like, reach, they reach physical adulthood. That doesn't mean they reach mental adulthood. It's, like, it's like college students, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're an adult, but you're not an adult. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> Very well, true. Anyways, I don't know if I answered your question, but there you go. No, no, I just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was funny. Um, I was re-listening to that and I was like, wow, wow, wow. It went went from zero to To 100 100 in a split second. I'll remind you guys that a round of combat is six seconds long. You knocked him unconscious, revived him, and knocked him unconscious again, (laughs) and revived him once more in about 18 seconds. Yeah. It, it was, was a lot. so incredible. It was pure chaos. It was I loved so incredible. There was a little bit of time between one revival and the second. I was going to say, because it took, it took a bit of a conversation. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the ah. That's true. So it was probably like a minute, but. It's fine now. It's still a very <laughs> intense minute. Yeah. yeah. All righty, on that like, note, we're going to move to this one. Question. 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 Questions. 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 That was going to. Throw me off. I was like, we're just gonna say this one. Um, I, mm, I have two questions. One for Kent. One for, for Prof Mac. Um, but I guess since you just had a question, I'll have to ask. <laughs> okay, oh, fine. Boy. Actually, no, never mind. Because it's about the interaction. I feel like we've already okay. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, already yeah, talked about yeah. that enough. Cool. I am very curious about Abduk because in the year that um, preceding uh-huh. after I was death. You did mention that she went out to explore Zatter Isle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious. Why did she do it? What was the purpose? And uh, what did you want her to do or achieve? Obviously, I'm guessing you can't really, you don't want to explain too much, but just kind of in general, what was the purpose and what was she trying to achieve? Um, I mean, I feel like I can share a good bit in the sense of she just needed to get away. Mm. I think it was the reality of feeling like she'd been lied to a lot by the leadership of knowing who Kazarash was and all of this stuff. Um, and then again, being young, not knowing how to deal with her emotions and the death of Aima. Um, but really when, uh, the end of campaign one or arc one, when Klaus was like, you know, nothing of the world, you know, nothing of how it, so it, it was her opportunity mm. like, this will never happen again. This will never, and I think yeah. it, it's not going to come out to October, but even in the last two episodes we just recorded, 29, 28, 29, 29. of uh, Audra being like, I'm never going to not be good enough again. Mm-hmm. That This mm-hmm. will not be an excuse. And so that's why she went out of just to say, I've been a part of the world. It, I think in a way to maybe try and understand Klaus, but also prove him wrong of like, the world isn't that bad. There's no excuse for you to behave the way that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I would say, like, with her experience of what happened, she's right in that way, which mm-hmm. I think has also led to, like, her reactions to Klaus of, like, she's never experienced the hardship that Klaus has gone through, even when yeah. she experienced the real world. So in her mind, was, it was like, it makes zero sense. Because yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> when you went out, you found a... A nice little peaceful group of druids. Right. Like you right. found a you found a <laughs> So you basically stumbled upon a pack of hippies. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. She yeah. she walked into the I... temple and walked into Woodstock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how long was she in Woodstock? A couple months? Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. long were you gone? Uh, I think we said six months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it took her a month to get back <clears throat> through the fog. This, and I think too this well, is Moody and D. I'm just gonna keep it at that. Um. Oh my lord. <laughs> Christian. Oh, this is why we can't have nice things, Christian. <laughs> we have nice things. We have a lot of nice things. Moving on to Prof Mac answering the Sorry, questions. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry. My brain was doing something else. So I missed all of that completely. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. Also, I feel like I say this. She's also looking for her uncle mm-hmm. who went yeah. into the mist and disappeared. I think you mentioned that in one of the more recent episodes. Thank you. Yes. Bit. Maybe. Actually, I think... It, was it 28 and 29 again? I No, I don't think it was 28 and 29. Actually, I think it was one of the ones we listened to... For this. For this. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be somewhere in No, I in think 12. you mentioned that, yeah. In, it's somewhere in 12 or 13, yeah. I think. Yeah. But you mentioned that... Yes, looking for... Yeah, he was looking for yeah, yeah. uncle. Yeah, so... Yep. That's cool. Nice. Well, we got to my questions, but everyone's asked my questions. You don't have any more for 12? No, because they literally, the first question was my second question, and he just asked my next one. Hey. That just means great minds think alike. Yeah. Yeah, No, that just means I Or college students have very little brain power to think. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. intelligence. College student to college student. There's no brain power left. Well, I got plenty of brain power. Do you yo. see what I do? I got, I got something. All right, we're just gonna move to episode thirteen. Oh, I have another question for episode. I have one. another question for episode. You already wait. You should have asked it. Well, I have. I had two questions. We, we haven't been asking all the questions. I know. We have to go back and we're to ask the second mm. question. Yeah, yeah. So, so Prof. Matt. Uh, I mean, I just want to know Reese's opinion on the whole attack on because I feel like we. That would cover your reaction. It was so unnecessarily violent. <laughs> like, you guys, when I say you went from zero to a hundred <sighs> in half a second, you went from zero to a hundred. He showed up, you threw a dagger at him, dealt sneak attack damage, which would kill most normal people. Then Shiny blasted him with arcane energy out of a little turret that came out of the perfectly round sphere. And then he fell unconscious, as a person would normally do if they get hit with that much damage. Surak immediately said, stop it, and then healed him. And then neither of you, act well, you stopped a little. You left Shiny just running. Because, I mean. Why not? Kizak. It was, like we said, Kizak put some special juice into Shiny that day. And Shiny wasn't. Cooperating yeah, as well. It didn't need to be as as destructive as it but, was. That's fair. But in our defense, <laughs> wasn't that just the correct way to greet a new party member <laughs> according to our party? <laughs> I mean, but here's here's also a question I had. In how you set up Brand's entrance, did yeah. you expect anything less? 
Honestly, here's the thing. I, <laughs> That's a yes. Here's what I expected. Here's what I expected. I didn't expect a ton less. I didn't expect him to go unconscious twice. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Here's the thing. I've done party intros like this, where people appear out of portals, because that's a normal thing that happens in my world, where people will just appear right. out of a portal. That happened in another party, and the party's immediate reaction was to throw a halberd in his stomach. Like, that is fully... This like you guys are not the only people who have That's done reasonable. this. However, they did not knock him go. unconscious, yeah. <laughs> and after they realized that he was a humanoid who was not coming to harm them, they healed him and left him alone. They didn't proceed to knock him unconscious a second time. You're really? welcome, kid. Thanks, you teenager. It's okay. So I was expecting again. It was shiny. <laughs> So I was expecting... But we're going to choose to blame Audra. I know, 100%. She was kind of the Instigator. Of the, uh, yeah, instigator of the, of the operation. It's okay, I'm a natural Listen, instigator. Instigated. Just, and because, just, you, just no. because you didn't actually shoot Bran doesn't mean you weren't the one who was encouraging the shooting of Bran. Really, that should be uh, taken Guilty. out. <laughs> Guilty by vicarious nature. Yeah, no. So I would say Guilty by I, I expected much. something. I did Just not expect that <laughs> much. Nor did I expect Surak, the adult in the room, who was in charge of you and you were respectful at least to, to an extent, yeah, yeah, yeah. to say stop and then it didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the reason Surak threatened to permanently dispel Shiny. Yeah. Because you're an artificer. The homunculus belongs to you and follows your direct commands. It shouldn't be out of control. That is and very was, true. And so he was like, are you kidding me? No. It was the, it was the, it was the I'm gonna die surrounded by children thing. That... <laughs> Love it. I know so, Reese would have... Maybe not wouldn't have allowed it, but it was very unlikely to happen. But how hilarious would it be if he introduces your character? And then I died. <laughs> then you just die. Oh my word. That would have been so well, funny. So that's part of the reason Sudak was there. Yep. Was not not just to keep him he alive. He was insurance. Sudak was just kind of there in general. Uh, but then when you started killing, I was like, oh, artificers have cure wounds on their spell list. And so absolutely, that is being prepped and held ready. Ready to go. Yep. Because... Of course people are going to die when those two are involved. <laughs> by the way, by the Let's way, I go. just want to point out that I'm fully interpreting that as Prof Mac and Christian and not Audra <laughs> and Oh, Zach. That's, that's yeah. completely fair. is an impressionable young man and Shiny has a mind of his own. Total side uh, note, no, no. the conversation about uh, what a, constituted as a playground for the lizard oh folk was so funny the second go around. Oh my of gosh! I sat there and, <laughs> listening again. I'm just like, I completely forgot that that was like ten minutes of the episode. Oh my word! It went way too long. It, it, it was hilarious. It was me last night. Going it was. 10 seconds, it was 10 very 10 important. Anyway, it was very important. Next question, because otherwise we're gonna run. Yeah. Oh, yeah, gosh. Um, okay. Can't be on top of it. Yeah, shush. Okay. What was... Because I wasn't obviously there for... What was Surak's reaction to Ima's death? Like, how was he oh. grieving? Okay. Because we haven't really heard about anybody but Audra's grief process and yeah. Klaus if Klaus has feelings, so... Yeah. Does he? So... We don't know. <laughs> Even Christian doesn't know. <laughs> um, no, so Surak's... Surak doesn't... 
didn't grieve too visibly. Um, Sudok is, he thinks of himself as a mind. Like that is like on it. Like if you could think of like, what does he philosophically believe is the metaphysical makeup of his own being? Brain. That's like, he believes intellect. It, like emotions are an element, but he does not engage that. He does not believe that that is actually a legitimate part of his makeup. And so he did not grieve much. Um, also from a metaphysical sense, Audra, you would have known this. Um, Sudak, uh, he did view Aima as a legitimate humanoid with a soul. <clears throat> However, he also had difficulty reconciling the existence of a soul within a warforge that was created from a heart that was from another organic being placed into an inorganic being. And so there was part of Surak that became attached to him, and then another part of him that was very able to let him go when he died. Okay. So that's kind of... Rachel, we yeah. should ask your boss like what philosopher Surak sounds like. I think my boss just thinks we're a bunch of nerds and we'll just roll his eyes. That <laughs> makes sense. Sounds <laughs> about right. So, so yeah, that's that's what Surak didn't really grieve. Mm, that wasn't okay. part of Surak's process. <clears throat> so, what about the rest of the lizard folk then? Like, what? Like, again, I've only seen Adras, yeah. which obviously yeah. isn't going like, well. What was, what was the general attachment towards yeah. Ima? I mean, everybody was attached to Ima, right? In some way, shape, or Mm-hmm. Um, but well, he was the fr- kind friend of giant. Or yes, precisely. Right. People liked him, especially the children. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, when you live in a colony as close as like as close personally as the um, as the lizard folk of Kaizo are, death hits the community very heavy. But it's not uncommon that death hits the community. Because everybody knows everybody. And so when it does, everybody takes it... Dif- it's, it's a difficult time for everybody, but everybody knows how to handle it because it happens on a... like You know, it might happen every couple years, but if if known death of family and friends is a common thing growing up, you get used to that eventually. You learn how to grieve. Right, because so, folk only live till 60, so... Like... Right, precisely. And so they, they have a relatively quick life turnover rate, but then it's also... Everybody knows when someone dies because everybody knew everybody. So, yeah. Interesting. Alrighty, next question. Yes. Uh, I think I'm going to move us to 13 because we're going to run out of time. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, okay. Audra. Yes. Was incredibly snarky to Bran for the entirety of the... In- mm. Like, everything. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Obviously... This has something to do with her distrust of outsiders because of Klaus, but do you think it has more to do with the fact that she was distrustful or more to do with the fact that she was shown up and Bran was treated like an adult? Hmm. The silence. <laughs> because I, like, in listening to the episode, I was like, I, I couldn't tell entirely. Like, in the moment, I thought it was just because of Klaus, but listening to the episode, I was like, I wonder if the fact that, like, because Sudok did immediately, like you said, he immediately looked at Bran and was like, okay, we're not going to kill him immediately. We're going to trust him. And almost over overrode your decision. Yeah. And basically, and on top of that, you know, there were several occasions where 
Bran did prove to be just slightly more adept at whatever you were doing. And so... Yeah, I I kind of took it as a perspective of, like, being distrustful from Klaus and also yeah. um, Audra trying this, like, new personality of okay. trying to be a bit snarky and cool and... Edgy. Okay. And, yeah, like, edgy, like... You know, I explored the world. Again, she like feels like she right. she knows okay. what the world is about now. And so So that was less of a momentary thing and more like a okay. Right. She right. was just growing into the rogue archetype mm. of being an edgelord. <laughs> she was she was a, she was like that that uh, freshman after one semester who thinks they know what the world is, but mm. also has no idea what the world is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just like, you know, you try I think mm, sometimes we, or maybe this is just me. I will speak for me. And this is like gotten infused into Audra. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. you have a moment where you're like, I'm going to be a different person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like, I have this opportunity to reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. And so you try and you're able to like hold out for a little bit. And then your real personality starts mm-hmm. peeking through. <laughs> and so for Audra, it was like, I went out, I explored the world. I've like, I've got this new chip on my shoulder, but like, I'm going to be calm, cool and collected. But it's just like moments of Audra continue to poke through. And so even in like trying to come up with a nickname and be like snarky or whatever, and it just like, it's not working for her. Like, you can't beat a nickname like Fleshbag. It just, no. It just rolls (laughs) off the tongue. So, but it it does make me wonder why did you, why did you decide to like call Kizak Nerd Brain? (laughs) Because like the distrust towards Brain, I get. Why Kizak though? The poor poor kid has no friends. I'm curious, was that that a superiority play? Emotional trauma. No, no, I think... (laughs) Okay, it's a two-parter. One, again, this new persona of Audra trying to, like, be cool. Yes. And in in her mind, it was an endearing term of, like... (laughs) (laughs) Like, like... I mean, nerd yeah, brain, like, totally like, like not in a bad oh, way. Oh yes, call the smart kid who's been bullied his entire life <laughs> nerd brain. Yeah, that's how gonna it, work well. How endearing. I mean, I know, but like, he doesn't take it like a wrong way because he's just been called names his entire life. He's like, okay, I guess this is just what another it is. one. Yeah, yeah. I'm again, trying to be now. cool persona. Uh-huh. Also, the reality of the name nerd brain is that I am not quick witted. And okay. so it was the, the first, like, I think I called you like tall brand or something like that because <laughs> yeah, I think so. me, Rachel, not quick witted enough to like come up with flashback or something like that. <laughs> so I was like, man, I can't take credit for flashback. I heard it somewhere and I just loved it. Yeah, it was definitely but Vampire Diaries. Pr- I'm pretty sure it was Vampire We've Diaries. We've talked about that. this. On yeah. yeah. yeah so, so that's where Nerd Brain so. and um, the attempt at snarkiness. <laughs> I always wish I were quick witted, but. I think it made for good comedy. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, Christian. Um, that I'm going to count that as my question for oh, okay. episode 13 because I don't have any. Cool. Okay, cool. I have one for 13. It's for Tor slash Kent slash Reese. Oh, okay. What is the root of this like object slash character's chaos? Reese plays him, but he goes with Bran. How does this character kind of reflect Kent? Because you're new to this like series and this series... Those can be your, like, those are just get a chance to, like, know who you are and, like, yeah. Yeah. all the theory of, like, that so, Reese has, sorry. So, no, you're good. Um, that whatever character you play or create, it's either you trying to, like, let your alter ego out mm-hmm. or it's, like, a 
vomit of who you yeah, actually so re- are. A reflection, exaggeration, or projection. I like vomit know. more. <laughs> it's a vomit of you, yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, Tor, it's like the... I think Tor and Bran are like the two different sides of me in a way. Of yes. sheer chaos and somebody who hates disorder. Kind yes. of like... I have two warring sides in me in a way. And so I just decided to make that a literal character. So yeah. Bran hates chaos with yes. everything that is in it. So he yeah. hates Rachel, this one? Probably, yes, actually. Um, or would find you extremely annoying. Um, I find myself extremely annoying, don't worry. What is going on here? Wow. Oh, we are all so, friends. So what it was just, it, like, Reese and I were, you know, and mind you, this is probably oh, late October, early November yeah. that we started game planning who Bran would yeah, be. Yeah, because I kind of like, already knew, well, it wasn't, it was, it would have been late November, early December, I think, because I didn't ask you if you wanted to consider being on the show until we were, like, nearing Isla's death. As That's well, true. No, you're right. Uh, we just became friends, huh? But, um, so... We were doing the character creation a little bit just because I was like, I was pretty sure that I wanted him to join the cast and like you guys hadn't posed. And I mentioned it prior to Sam leaving and so yeah. nobody had brought anything else up. And so we started doing some character creation and uh, it was in the character creation process that you were like, I want to make a lawful, neutral, wild magic sorcerer who hates the fact that he's a wild magic sorcerer. Yeah. Uh, the, there's a lot more that plays into that. We'll probably talk about later, that, like in other yeah. episodes. But like that was Let's a huge part find out a little more about yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bran. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was the big motivation. Mm-hmm. And then he said he also wanted a multi-class in the Hexblade because mm-hmm. you also wanted to do the Coffee Lock build. Yes. Um, which is the one where you don't ever have to sleep. Because you can... Technically, because you can do short rests as a warlock to regain your warlock spell slots and then take your warlock spell slots and convert them into sorcery points to make more spell slots. And then short rest again and just keep doing that to get infinite spell slots. Um, However, Reese plays with points of exhaustion, so the coffee lock is a little bit less potent, but I did go into our final battle of Arc 2 with nine spell slots or something like that. Yeah, it was was amazing. It was awesome. I don't think this episode's going to come out (laughs) before. No, no, after? This, yeah, this is yeah. far after. Yeah. Okay. The, the episode he's talking about yeah. we're already after. June. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're good. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. We're, you, you guys have heard of yeah, it. Yeah, no, they've heard it all. Um, Making sure. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I know our timeline. Um, but, so, <laughs> when he built that and he was like, I want to be a Hexblade, I was like, okay. And then I remembered that Hexblades are centered around sentient weapons. I was like, okay, here's what happened. One day while you were forging, you wild magic surged. And wild magic was imbued into an object with sentience. Yes. And thus was born Tor, who is a chaotic neutral embodiment of wild magic. So my Hexblade's patron is literally a wild magic hammer. Yes. It's it's you are you are both a wild magic sorcerer and a warlock of wild magic mm-hmm. itself. Yep. And so and so that's why he's surging all the time. Yeah. Which well, like that is was amazing. part of it is that Bran, because he hates chaos refused to like he would literally hold it in and he held it in so much that he created a sentient weapon yeah because yeah. that's so, that's one of the things that i changed about wild magic amazing rules. i love that concept yeah so that's one of the things that i changed about wild magic rules is one of the things i hate is that the number is always natural one mm-hmm. it never mm-hmm. like and so which makes mechanic- no sense for wild magic which is chaotic right. and like 
everywhere right. and wants to search. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, the way that I've done it is every single time that you long rest, if you haven't wild magic surged, your number increases by one. And so, like, it's one the first day. If you wild magic surge, and it, uh, when you take a long rest, the number increases to two. And then if you wild magic surge the next day, it resets back to one. But if you don't, uh, and that's and that's specifically and that's specifically for rolling the number. Like if you wild magic surge and don't roll the number for any other reason, which he's done before, mm-hmm. then the number goes up. And so your number is at like what six now? Uh, yes, it's six now. Cause yeah, they'll have heard. Yep. Yeah. So after the first episodes of yep. Arc Three, it's six. Yeah. But and so like. And Tor's on like seven, isn't he? Tor's counter is at so, seven. And Tor's thing is Tor is a wild magic. He's a wild magic weapon that. Um, Whenever a wild magic surge happens within 15 feet of him, he gains a counter. If he has five or more counters, the next attack with made with him causes a wild magic surge targeting the creature that it hits if it needs a target, and if it refers to self, then it happens to Moran. And so... So I can wild magic surge when I cast a spell. I can wild magic surge when I use Tides of Chaos, which Reese always makes me do, which is fun. Right. And Tor wild magic surge is pretty consistently. And so, yeah... <laughs> the character who hates chaos, his entire life is chaos, which is why... And then he gets dropped into this party. Right, exactly. Which is why he loved the temple, because they were ordered. He never used magic all that much, and he didn't have Tor out all the time. Yep. So Tor was just like his hidden, like, ADHD, hyperactive, hidden away? Pretty well, much. Well, no, because wild magic, Tor is... Wild- can- like Wild, a different yes, person, he's, kind of. Yes, he is a he is a separate entity. Tor is not a split off of Brand's personality. He is literally a separate sentience. Yeah. That is like like this is like way back their lore stuff that we're never actually gonna get into just because of the nature of the arc that we're in right now. But Tor is actually the currently the singular manifestation in a sentient form of Wild Magic. Which is what gives him the ability to actually grant brand capabilities as a hexblade sorcerer, is hence like prior to brand doing that, there was never an embodiment of wild magic in a sentient form. Brand is the person who holds that now. Mm, yeah. So that's what. I think you're gonna get hunted. Do other people know about this? Um, maybe some gang leaders. What on chaos are you bringing into our lives? Are we gonna come back and the temple's gonna be destroyed because? Brand's last known whereabouts. Oh my gosh, Brand. Where? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what happens to the temple? Mm. I know. Listen, listen. We're uh, yeah. we're not on those so episodes the, yet. But I'm only, so mad that the Audrey... only people who know about Tor are pretty much a bunch of gangsters on an island called Verdal because Brand yep. was hunting a specific gang leader. Gangsta. And that's where he The gang leader that you were it. hunting, was that the tiefling that you were kept talking about? Yeah, the white mm-hmm. tiefling. That oh, was... you were at the tiefling. Yeah, don't you remember? He's not white. Is it He's purple? Red? It's a red tiefling. Bad juju. <laughs> it's a red tiefling. I guarantee you it's a red tiefling. Anyway, so just for the sake of time. Yeah, just for the sake of time. Back to Prof Mac for are we? Do we want to stay in episode thirteen? Or do we just want to move to fourteen? Well, we're going to be doing that in a separate. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. So. Yep. Yeah. So. Who is purple? Um, Christian. Trust yes. whatever I gave you in your notes. Um, when it comes to Kizak creating the potions, mm-hmm. um, because he did it in the middle of battle. So I, I have to see if I can read my own writing here. 
Um, how do you see Kizak in the middle of battle? I said, because it seemed, he seemed to be helpful while fighting, um, but he was so like focused on making the potions. Um, so I was curious, do you see yourself similar when it comes to fighting with and or, and or fighting for people? Because I've noticed that in Kizak and even with Klaus sometimes, he, like his first action is to create things that help other people in battle versus jumping to do something first right away. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just curious of like, do you feel like you see that in yourself? Mm -hmm. So moving a, a little bit away from the character oh, okay. of like, you are willing to fight for people or fight like if you're fighting for a reason, but your first instinct is like, do all that you can to like help others and then you'll jump in. <laughs> Question. Uh, wow, that went really deep really quickly. Um, honestly, I don't know. Um, kind of thinking through it when I was a kid, I like every kid, I always wanted, you know, the power fantasy of being the strongest hitter, being all of that. As I grew up nowadays, when it comes to any game, especially D&D, I enjoy being a support character um, because I know my natural tendency is to want to be in the spotlight mm. and I mm. don't want to do that. And unfortunately, I still am very prone to just kind of like push myself into the spotlight because I love our team because I think I've created the greatest character ever mm -hmm. yeah. and all that. But in the way that I want to play, I want to help other people shine. Mm. I want to help other people be in the spotlight because if I'm only going to be stealing it, the show's not going to be interesting. So that's why I love moments when Adra and Vitoka are talking to each other. I love moments when we finally fig find out a little more about Brand mm -hmm. um, because this is a collaboration. This is something that we're doing together. And this is something that I really want, where I really want everybody, all of us to tell a story. And maybe sometimes we need to help each other with that. Yeah. Or yeah. always. Um, and going more towards like life. Um, yeah, the more, the more I grow up, the more I quote unquote mature, which don't think that's ever going to happen. But, <laughs> um, being married, being in a different country, having a little bit of time on my belt over the average student here. Um, I'm seeing myself become more of a support character. Hmm. Um, someone who is there to be there for people. Yeah. Um, I know my wife, I love her. Love you, Katya. I know you're not listening to this anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she can always rely on me. Any of my friends are always welcome to rely on me. I'm not usually one to reach out, but if I know someone needs help, I am always there. And so that's that kind of probably seeps into the way that I play hmm. because I always kind of default into support characters or enchantresses or whatever. I just, I like doing cool things and I like doing cool things so that other people can do cool things as well. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Cool. That's cool. Very nice. Kent? Um, gosh. Sorry. We're, Welcome. what episode? episode 13. We're on 13 now? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we've been on 13 for a while. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm 13, 14 different episodes. My yes. brain. Well, we gave them different numbers for a reason. Different yes. Yes. For, 
Don't do that to me. Um, <laughs> Y'all, it's the end of the week. The brains are working slow. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. It's so much homework. Um, oh, gosh. I ran out of questions for this. Oh, it's okay. Then you don't have to ask. Oh, okay, that. well then, yeah. There's I'll, no I'll, pressure. I'll, I'll, I'll hold my action. <laughs> <laughs> this is not gameplay. Yes. Just questions, not race. Listen, we rolled initiative. It is officially D&D &D game. I okay, am well. actually going to hold my action because this one's a stupid one and I want to end on it. Um, I don't have a question, so Reach. I relinquish. Reese, you seem to be having a great time attacking oh, yeah. people. Yes. Mainly traumatizing them from doorways. What is your inspiration behind the black <laughs> tentacle? Wait, what? Oh, the black tentacle that sprung out of the thing? That was a wild magic search. Yeah. Yeah. It's just on his table. Yeah. It's on the it's on the table. The table's massive. I hear. 400. I, I will do I this now. I can't see these. I'm, I'm not curious. here for gameplay, yeah. so I have no clue what you guys are up Can ah. I just say? So, yes? The, the touching of the case to initiate the monster yes just made me so bad yeah i totally <laughs> didn't think about it it was one of those where i was like odd like they have cleared out this dungeon and all of a sudden there's a secret room like audra is on high alert and then these two jokers just walk in and it was like <laughs> of course these two <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. no. Kizak and, and Bran. Like, neither of us had been in the dungeon there when was it was zero dangerous. There was zero experience, and Andre's like, what are we doing? If Bran hadn't touched the case, Kizak totally would have. Yeah, I, I knew. I was trying my best. Because Kizak is fascinated with everything mechanical and arcane. <laughs> it's just, it was bound to happen. I knew it was going to happen, but I was trying my best <laughs> to, like, logically make something happen. And then uh -huh, I just, uh -huh. it was so Okay, funny. so... This is the one that he that he rolled. It's 1d8 black cold tentacles sprout out of the target's body, dealing them 1d4 necrotic damage for each tentacle on subsequent turns. The target can use all of the tentacles as a bonus action to make one unarmed strike. Uh, alternatively, they can choose to deal no damage uh, grappling on a hit, which is what it did to you, mm -hmm. Audra. And then the tentacles disappear after one minute, dealing the target 1d4 necrotic damage, but you killed it before they vanished. So there could have been eight more. of those things? Yep. Yes, I rolled a one. That that's that's lucky. So, that's beautiful. So, and it had five arms to begin with, and it could make an attack with all five of those arms. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it could use all of its tentacles as a bonus action for the unarmed strikes. Um, and so if I had rolled an eight, it would do 13 attacks in a turn. <laughs> oh, my oh, my gosh. gosh. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Um, but like, there, uh, let's let's roll a wild magic just so you guys can see. This is how chaotic Six, things are. Eight. Um, oh, this one you guys wouldn't know for a little while, but each dog within the one mile of the caster is turned into a small horse of the same size. Like, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. That is awesome. Can you imagine Again, if you were fighting in a dog kennel? Episode twenty-eight. Yeah. Let's just. But so when the that. folks get there. But so like mm -hmm. the wild magic table is my wild magic table. Uh, again, I've, I think I mentioned this at some point, <laughs> but I did give credit to the fact that this that like ninety percent of these are things that I got from an Instagram called Wild Magic Surge uh, that puts out like a daily Wild Magic Surge. Are you serious? Yes. A daily one? Oh, and so no. I went through and I put all of their posts into this thing and it still wasn't enough. Um, and so then I went through and I went to a bunch of other websites and was just, I literally just looked, looked up homebrew Wild Magic Table and then copied it. So that was, yeah. So you guys having fun sorting out <laughs> yes. the necklace over there? Yes. 
Sorry, folks. This is why we can't have cameras. Is, get rid of. No, this is why we need cameras. <laughs> so the folks know <laughs> that it took two people to untangle my necklace. Necklaces are a pain. They really I'm, are. I'm trying a new thing, folks. Um, Your sister styling you? Yes. <laughs> to not look like a bum. And that includes. Can we get Teddy great. some cute hey, outfits? The hobo look yes. is a legitimate look. It is. And you I have pulled been, off well. I that's that's what I said. The told. security guard who works nights. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I your opinion on looks is not very valid. But look, see, I bring the homeless guy food at night because when I get back, that I'm like, oh hey, Reese. That's very true. Sorry, Reese. Oh my goodness. It's okay. Reese and I are basically the same person. Honestly. Yeah, uh, but... <laughs> I work with a bunch of races. But yeah, so, me. no, there was really no... There are three of us. There was no inspiration behind the Black Tentacle. That was fully just the Wild Magic Table doing what the Wild Magic Table does. I was Chaos. really hoping there'd be a better story behind that. I wish so, there was. On that note... Reese uh, really likes Japanese cinema. I held my action. Yes. I'd like to use my reaction to, to ask my final question. Oh just my do gosh. it. Um, Kizak. Oh, no. Why? What? Why did you cover your hands in the goo <laughs> yes. and then oh, start playing there with is the ash and then just like... There is actually a really good reason behind it. Why did you do it? <laughs> because I didn't want Kizak to take the gloves. Oh. First off. Ah, uh, so because he would Because I, I knew that he wouldn't be there next... Um, that wasn't me. So sorry, my wife is calling me. I, can I answer? No. <laughs> I know. I knew that he wasn't going to be there next um, session, and I didn't want him. I mean, the selfish part of me wanted him to take them so that Ada doesn't have them to use them against Klaus. But um, on the other hand, I knew that you put them in there so that Adra would have. I mean, a magic it item. It wasn't necessarily for Adra. That was actually I had just come up with those pre like three days prior, and I was like, "What am I putting in here?" And I've. Uh, I have a lot of stuff that, like, I enjoy um, breaking the rules of D&D and finding ways to put mechanics to that. Like, what I, I was talking to Kent about this this summer, um, but one of the things that I do when creating new, like, I've got 4,600 subclasses, uh, five homebrewed classes, and then um, a bunch of racial options and spells and feats. And one of the things that I've found is a really helpful way to think about um, how to create class features uh, is literally just saying, this character is allowed to break the rules in these ways. Mm -hmm. That's really all class features are, is they're saying, it's, they're, here are the core rules, and here's how your character is allowed to, to break, break the rules. And so, like, one of the things that we haven't really seen, in my opinion, is the ability to look at someone else's spell and say, that's mine now. Yep. Um, <laughs> No, you don't get to do that. Yeah. yeah. And so... The reason I thought that they were for Adra was because they were, like, literally tailored to her. Intelligence caster, three spells, yeah. spell hacking. Well, three spells so could was, have applied to you as well. Yes. But then again, you knew at that point that Kizak was not coming back. I know, but I was also totally open to Kizak taking the gloves because they yeah. were very much designed for, like, an artificer. Yeah, and I, I just didn't want to... Again, like, I didn't want to hog it all to myself. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So I... Your plus, class. Kizak, Kizak loves arcane things and he loves mechanical things. Yes. Seeing that happen right in front of him, um, he just wanted to get his hands in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally. so funny. And yeah. he's intelligent, but he's clumsy. He's a little ditzy sometimes. So, my favorite part was just you like 
sitting we, there. We kept talking, and then you just kept, like, rubbing your hands together <laughs> as though you were actually playing with it. Like, though, it reminds me of, there was this one scene in, in Campaign 1 of Critical Role where one of the guests comes in, uh, the character Gern Blanston, um, where if you watch the if you watch the actual live thing, what happens is his character's outroed, and then the actor just stands up and like he said he's it, like his character just goes away and starts picking up things off the ground, and the actor sat there for like five minutes and then stood up and then just started walking around the set collecting things, <laughs> <Yep>. like <laughs> fully picked up a light bulb and shouted, "Did anyone lose an orb?" and <laughs> like, it was it was amazing. hilarious. It was the amazing. funniest thing, and every once in a while, I'll go, I'll go back and just watch it because it's hilarious. And so, just seeing you doing that, like it was, when I listened to it back, I was like, I can't, I couldn't see or hear anything else. It was just you playing <laughs> with it. Yep. This is why cameras are going to be helpful because we're was, fairly physical yeah. as we yeah. play, and so. Oh yeah. I was fully in character. Yeah. I mean, when oh, we were when ascending, when we were ascending Kuza's tower, and tensions were high. I was legitimately angry. Not. <laughs> oh yeah, no. You told me once after after a session, you were like, "Dude, I am angry." <laughs> yeah, but that's not because of anything that was happening. I was just yeah. so, so in, in character, character. Yep. Yeah. that I was pissed off. Yeah. Um, and I was ready to like pounce at Kent. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well. On that note. Yeah. We rode the elevator down together every <laughs> time after this. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Moody and D Gone Rogue. You can listen to the rest of the Moody and D Network on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow the Moody and D on Instagram. <laughs> Mess that up. Follow the Moody and D on Instagram. <laughs> Just pick follow up. us on Instagram uh, with the at symbol the Moody dash N dash D. Those are underscores, not dashes. underscores. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. Keep Rachel. going. We Keep love it PG-13 right now. I don't want to be next to him. PG-13. <laughs> I am! PG. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram with the at symbol moody underscore n underscore d. While you're there, visit our Gone Rogue story highlight and drop some questions you would like for us to answer. Do not say a word, Reese. Once again, I'm your host, Rachel Sanders, and I will see you later. I actually, I do have to see butt in. See you guys! So, no, 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 I, do have to, I do have to butt in, because I have to make an announcement regarding the, the highlight. Okay, Reese, make your So, so it, with the highlight, you actually can't, um, you can't, like, type it into the little text box that's part of the story for whatever reason that cements and you can't submit new things. So just send a message through that particular highlight to the Moody Indie channel, and then we'll know, yada, 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 that you're sending awesome. a question for Gone Road. Please send us questions. We love you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.